My name is Guinevere Davenport, and I am Miss Orchid Isle, USA, and you are watching Pageants and Pajamas. Hello everyone, it's Adrian with you from The Pageant Project. Our special guest for today is a familiar face, Guinevere Davenport, who's Miss Orchid Isle USA over in Hawaii. Guinevere, how are you? Good, how are you guys? We're good. Well, apparently I'm better oh. than the both of you. Danny, are you actually... Compl- roasting. I'm roasting, I just realised you you're wearing that, that onesie and you're complaining that you're hot. That onesie... Danielle, when's the last time you wore that onesie on our show? It, it made an appearance in Pageants and Pajamas 1. I don't think it's Number come out one. since then. Is it not? You I know what? So. It, it's terrible. I use this as my fake tan in onesie because I don't like staining the bed sheets, so I fake tan my body and then put a onesie on. I have like three onesies and I alternate them, so that might be the reason why. But, yeah. Okay. Do, do I want to know what the inside of that looks like then? It's if you fine. Wear it, it washes out. Look, there's no tan in here. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm impressed. What I thought for sure it would be like some some sort of orange or brown. Um, and Guinevere, do you want to explain to everyone where you are at? Because it's making me super jealous because it's pitch yeah. black for me outside at the moment. Where are you? It looks like paradise. Yeah. Um, I'm on Big Island in Hawaii, so literally the biggest island. Um, it's gorgeous outside. It's sunny. I'm only outside right now because my house is under construction. And so I'm living in a Tetris zone of boxes all over. Um, it's very dark and it's very cramped and just didn't feel like challenging that today. So here we are outside enjoying the sun and yeah, it's just really beautiful. You might hear some birds come out. It doesn't look dark and cramped from where I'm sitting right now. I mean, that's making me super jealous. And that's not very often I say that coming from Australia, but the sun isn't out over here. Um, Danielle, what, what, um, what's the weather like for you guys at the it moment? It is glorious. It is roasting. I've got my fan. It's not on. It's here. It's behind the, the, the computer desk. You can see it sneaking through here. It is roasting. We've had all the windows open. It's been glorious sunshine today. Is it as nice as what's behind Guinevere? It's light oh, wow. outside still. Ah. And it's nine o'clock. It's gone nine o'clock. So. Oh. Man. Still light out. I don't know why. I mean, I've been to the UK several times now. Every time I see sun in the UK, it still surprises me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not used to it. Are we you... get like one week a year. <laughs> so we're really enjoying it at the moment. I feel like this is an elaborate setup or an elaborate hoax. You're just on some sort of set and you're making it look like there's sun behind you when we, there really is. We put isn't. lights outside the window to make it look. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting like an darker alien now. Conspiracy. Uh, yeah. um, Guinevere, does it ever have weather that doesn't look perfect in Hawaii or is it always oh, yeah. like what you've got? No, no, no. I mean, it. The weather will flip-flop back and forth, and so it is really beautiful out right now. I'm in Kona side, so a little thing about Big Island. Um, Kona is known as the dry, sunny side, whereas Hilo is known as 
um, God's Land or the really rainy jungle side. Um, I went to college in Hilo, and so I kid you not, I would be wearing rain boots to class and a tank top under because it would get so hot and humid, and then five minutes later, it'd be torrential downpour, flash floods, bring out the sandbags, and then maybe 10 minutes later, it'd be back to being beautiful and sunny like this. And so it's definitely a flip-flop, just prepare for whatever you have. (laughs) Prepare for the day ahead, right? Like a bikini Um, and a rain jacket in one day. Yeah, yeah. There's (laughs) a lot of humidity, though, more than anything. So, yeah. The only... When I visited Kona, I visited the, I told you this when we had our interview, the the Black Sand Islands. Is that all around Kona or is that on one side of Kona? Um, Well, Black Sand, so there's Pohiki and Pololu. Um, That's more so Hilo side than Kona side. There is Kiholo um, in Kona as well. So there's different areas because you have to realize the Black Sand beaches, it's just lava rock that's been so Mm. crushed up by the Mm. ocean that it's just little tiny lava rocks and so anywhere where you see lava rocks you can kind of imagine probably in 300 years or so that'll be a black sand beach um and so it's not just one area per se right it's different areas yeah but the cool thing is we also have a green sand we have a green sand beach oh wow yeah so that's pretty green green. so like algae um it's not algae. It's actually, I want to say it's all the calcium. It's different, like, seashells oh. and stuff. Um, and I want to say, I'm not remembering my chemistry right now. Oh, wow. Adrian is no, frantically Googling. Not frantically. I'm just I'm just Googling. I'm not frantic yet. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Ooh, add it to the stream. Oh, wow. Cool. But, yeah. Jeez. Yep. So that's something so else about it's like a whole day adventure. If you're going to hike it, um, it's about gosh. Oh, I don't remember my distances. It's been a minute since <laughs> I've been there. It's just a really long walk. It's very hot. It's very flat, but it's totally worth it. Cause you see a beautiful view like that, but then you got to walk back to uh, <laughs> how do you pronounce the word P A P A K O with a dash L E A Papakolea. Sorry, um, could you make it bigger? I always like have a hard time. Seeing... Yeah, because on your Papa phone, Kalea. it's gonna be. There we go. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, Papakolea. Um, wow. With Hawaiian, you can kind of look at the word and just break it up as syllables. Most of the time, not yeah. all the time, but most of the time. And so, yeah, um, Papa Leah. But everyone calls it green how, sand. How have I been there and not heard about this? I mean, look at the water as well. That that color turquoise blue. Yeah, that's. I wonder if that's a filter. Gwyn, Gwyn, is that a filter, or is the water actually that color? No, it can be that color. Yeah, there's different areas that it can be that color too. The little peekaboo of turquoise and everything. Yeah, so. reminds me of a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually. I've had a um, I had a few back in the day with Midori in it, and I think there was blue. What is it? How do you pronounce a curacao? Is it curacao or curacao? Or I know the country's curacao. Probably curacao. Then yeah, I used to 
make drinks because of the pretty colours, not because of how they taste it. That reminds me of it. Um, okay, well, that's where Guinevere is coming from. Not literally the green sand beach, but I've been to Kona and had no idea there was a green sand beach. Been to the black sand one, which was an interesting experience because it's quite coarse. As Gwyn said, it's ground up rock, so it's not like fine sand. It actually feels yeah. like very, very coarse sand. Um, and you come back quite black, <laughs> not surprisingly. Um Guinevere, do you want to catch us up with what's been happening with you since I don't even remember when we interviewed? How how long back was it? Was it a year? Was about it... a year ago, yeah, about a year ago. Um, yeah. yeah, well, most recently in April, I was awarded the preliminary title of Miss Orchid Isle USA, so that's pretty exciting. Yay! We are heading to Miss Hawaii USA in January. Um, and so, right now, all of my energies and focus is really just pouring into this. It's just enjoying it um this is my last year to compete and so i'm going big you know i'm already home so yeah. now it's time to go <laughs> so um yeah other than that and then just working um i got a little thing as a nanny and so it's been really fun being a um, helper to this little boy and just seeing his confidence grow and kind of just him becoming his own yeah um and yeah, those have been my main two squeezes at the moment, to say the least. Are you still watching you people sleep? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm still watching people sleep. What? There's um, a story behind this. Yeah, no, that's her job. Watch she watches people time. sleep. No. <laughs> um, I'm the tooth fairy, and so yeah, no. Um, I watch people for sleepy disorders and neurological assessments. And so like anything related to sleep apnea, where you stop breathing or mm -hmm. you need a CPAP machine, that's the machine that gives you air to help you breathe at night. Um, that's what I do. So yeah, it's been pretty fun. It's really rewarding. Actually, kind of funny enough, um, to, in, in preparation for Miss Hawaii USA, I also got a little restaurant gig just to help with supplemental costs, yeah. And funny enough, we had a customer walk in yesterday and with her two children, and she had a full-blown seizure. And wow. um, yeah, in a little sushi restaurant, and it felt really good. I mean, I'm sure my ego is like bursting out of this um, screen right now, but it felt amazing to be able to step in and know exactly what to do to command the scene and just be able to have most importantly just to be remaining calm and to have everyone else remain calm so it wasn't really a scene per se and thankfully the lady was okay she already is epileptic so it's not a out of the ordinary experience for her but um you know the biggest thing i mean whenever when anyone is ever having a seizure you know after they've had their episode they'll usually be out of in a daze because when a seizure happens a lot of the times the brain it's like having a reset button but you're not really mm. meaning to press that reset button right so mm. just like your phone kind of takes a minute to power mm. up right um it's similar to that and so for her you just always want to make sure that someone is sitting upright um they're not going to choke on their vomit or their tongue or anything like that mm. you don't ever mm. force them you don't hold them but you just make sure they're upright um give them some space because they're going to be in that weird days mm. kind of state not freak out you know don't don't call 911 or whatever the equivalent is for you guys over there don't call the ambulance <laughs> you know because a lot of the times if it's not their first seizure they don't want an ambulance they don't know yeah. yeah it's 
so you always ask, is this your first seizure? Um, and thankfully, most of the time they'll be like, oh, yeah, this isn't, you know, this is something that happens every Friday. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just the biggest, biggest thing is just remaining calm. And it was really neat because her family, her husband and her two kids were like really appreciative of just not having that Sunday family dinner turn into a nightmare. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Oh. It's, it's so good that you were there and you actually yeah, spring yeah. into action, know exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. It's very. I'm so, I admire people. Easy. I admire people like that because I haven't done any first aid training and I, I know that I'm definitely not the one to call if there is a situation like that. I'd love to have some first aid training so I'd know what to do. But honestly, I wouldn't panic. I would just be like looking, well, kind of semi panic on the inside, try not to show it on the outside, but I'll be trying to find someone that can help because I'm definitely right. not someone that knows how to help. So I do admire anyone that can jump into that situation and know exactly what to do. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how all of our life experiences lead up to a certain moment and right place at the right time, right? So, mm. yeah, thank you. Do you, guys <laughs> in your, do you guys in your countries have the... Um, I'm fairly certain here in Australia, if you have a workplace, there needs to be at least one person there who is trained in first aid. Do you guys, I mean, the US for Gwyn and obviously in the UK for Danny, do you guys have that sort of law that there needs to be yeah. at least one person trained in first aid? So it's a yes in the UK? In the US, Gwyn, yeah. do you have that? I'm not entirely sure just because I've worked mostly medical. Um, and I know mm. with like, working with children you should be or they would prefer you to be yeah, but you have to be. yeah well as a teacher though if you work for a public school for instance you don't have to be first aid cpr because there will be a school nurse mm. but heaven forbid if you're on a field trip or if the school nurse is you know 10 buildings away Busy. yeah like you know i just i feel like it should be something that um i would like to see that change at least for those yeah that, that's interesting. First aid training for us, because I was first trained, I didn't maintain it, but to get the qualification in the first place, it was two full days, like a Saturday, Sunday. And then once you had the qualification, I think it was once every year or two, you had to just um, do a refresher course, which was a day, I think, and you pay a little bit of money. Um, but I remember from, I'm trying to remember my training from what to do when there's a seizure. I remember being told not to try and stop them because my understanding is a lot of people when they see someone seizing on the floor, they lean in and try to stop them, um, which you don't do. And then the other one is you want to make sure they're not near anything that they can bang their head on because when they're seizing, mm. obviously it's quite violent and you just want to clear the area. And then as Guinevere said, um, when they come to, they're in a bit of a daze. They may also have wet themselves uh, and be quite embarrassed about that because obviously they've caused a scene. So after that, it's to give them the, the privacy. Is that – am I remembering that correctly? Because now I'm curious and wanting to get my first – is that is that basically what to do? Yep, that hit all the check marks. I mean, um, if you were outside, like I, I had a girl had a seizure in the water. It was a little girl um, at like a wow. tide pool. So immediately, you know, you grab – make sure that they're not in a body of water, like near body of water, just because it only takes you having your head down. Right. Mm. Um, and yeah, other than that, you've hit all the points. So, <laughs> you know, do you guys really... have Dr. A, B, C, D? It's now A, B, C, D. Do you have Dr. A, B, C? 
No. Nope. No, it was an What's a, it was a, it was an acronym for when you're in a panic situation, the list to to check the priorities to check. So we'll see now if I can remember it. D was danger. So the first thing you have to make sure is that the person isn't in any danger. R was um, responsive. Are they responsive? So you ask them, you know, can can you say your name uh, to see if they're conscious or not? Then I think it's airways, breathing. Mm -hmm. So this is the order you check. Can uh, are their airways clear? B are they breathing? C circulation. So you're looking for blood spurting out or leaking out of somewhere. And then D was defibrillation. And here in Australia, we have automated defibrillators. So you put them mm -hmm. on the person. It then checks their heart. Um, to see there's an irregular rhythm, and then and only then it will actually charge and deliver a shock. If it measures that they're not needing it, then it won't shock. Do you guys, Gwen, do you have that in the US, Dr. ABCD or something similar? Yeah, yeah, I was going okay. I, I, I didn't realize you were talking about an acronym. <laughs> yeah, you probably um, thought I did. Yeah, do yeah. you know Dr. ABC? No, I don't like, know no, Dr. Dr. ABC. Is a famous doctor. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we have that. And then, yeah, the um, AED device as well. And it's cool because now yeah. you press a button and if you're in that freak out zone, I don't know what to do, but I know I needed to grab this. The machine will tell you everything. Put on patient. Oh. Step away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Charging. Okay, we're delivering. Keep on doing CPR or whatever. It literally tells you everything what oh. to do. So if you don't remember and you know i know this person collapsed and i know i need to get this device and that's it and call 911 the rest mm. can kind of just follow so in that time and then the cool thing too with that is it actually has a um a clicker or like a beat so it keeps the rhythm measure the, of what your yep cpr should be um or your compression oh wow yeah yeah. In in Australia here, if you have a swimming pool, which we do, it, you're by law mandated that you have to have the chart on the side. So there's literally a chart down there that has what to do in the case that you find someone in, unconscious in a pool. Uh, because in Australia, children, unfortunately, drowning in pools is obviously a thing because in summer we're all in the pool. Um, so, yeah, that, that's actually got me thinking I about because it was weird. Universal. I hope yeah. so. Um, yeah, because it was weird when we first did the course, someone asked the question, and I still remember this it must have been 10 years ago, someone asked, of course, will we remember this training? If someone has a seizure in front of us, or someone has an accident, because they were worried that it's only two days training and in 10 years mm. time, when you need it, you'll forget it. But it's weird that I can still remember so much of it, like Dr. ABCD. The only thing that they kept changing was with the CPR was it was used to be two breaths and then like a certain number of compressions and they would keep changing that all the time. Um, now, actually, I can't remember it. Now I'm feeling like I should go and take a refresher course. But, um, I mean, Danny, for, if you had to get first aid training in the mm -hmm. UK, is that readily available? Because here in Australia, it's done through St. John First Aid. Yes. Uh, most workplaces okay. offer it. Um, I... I was actually signed up to the course, but I couldn't make it that day, um, unfortunately. But there is most people in our office did go on the course and have the training. So I missed out on that, unfortunately. But I've had like basic non-qualified training, if you get what I mean. When you start a new workplace, they take you for an induction. And in the induction, they say, OK, well, these are the defibrillators. This is what you need to do. These are our evacuation points. They'd, they'd go through like a basic um training with you 
Um, I've also had terrorist training. So not to do in an instance of a terrorist attack. Well, we've living in London, we are prone to that. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had the full um, first aid training. I've had like safeguarding children, um, mm. but years ago when I used to be a camp counsellor. Um, but I haven't had the full full first aid training, which I am. I do. I'd, I'd like to do at some point. You were a camp counsellor. I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah. This is a new thing about you. I'm still learning new things about <laughs> you. When were you a camp counsellor? <laughs> so when I was at uni, I used to uh, teach dance and cheerleading, um, and multi sports. I used to work for um, a camp here in the UK called barracudas it's not like the american style camps the american camps are like cool you go to like the forest and you stay in like lodges no our camps were basically <laughs> like fun version of school yeah and they were usually held in the schools they just got to yeah you know do more What's... arts and crafts in the schools yeah. so how is it a camp if it's in the school that's just it's arts and crafts it's basically arts and crafts and they get to play pe a little bit more yeah. Oh, I'm I'm okay with that, but it doesn't sound like a camp to me. Now, now I'm remembering that or the, the dancing and the cheerleading. Uh, Guinevere, when I interviewed Danielle for the first time, which must have been about three thousand years ago, she she said that she's probably the most American British person that you'll ever meet because she did the cheerleading and uh, dodgeball. What, what what dodge? That's right, dodgeball, which I still couldn't believe was a proper sport. <laughs> <laughs> I love dodgeball. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I preferred throwing it rather than being hit by it. But dodgeball for you guys, like we just used whatever balls that we had nearby. So it was normally oh. these, the these the funny ones were these big inflatable pink ones, and they were made of rubber. The sort of oh. ones that if you bounce them on the floor, they bounce quite high. So whenever a little kid, and I'm saying little kid because I used to do tennis camps and they would play dodgeball, when a little kid would get hit on the head by it, it would bounce really high, but it wouldn't hurt. What what what's the oh, proper dodgeball? Is it like a soccer heavy. ball? It's quite heavy, heavy you know, a dodgeball. Yeah, it does hurt. It hurts. Yeah, so you got to really yeah. dodge it. Guinevere, you look like you've. What, what is there a story behind this? You look like you're properly going through some PTSD uh, at the PTSD moment. PTSD going on here. Like she's definitely taken one, <laughs> taken one too many dodgeballs. Like, <gasps> no. Yeah, kids are just vicious though. Like, cause they're like, it's not just like, okay, I'm throwing it to you. Yeah, it's no. Like, no. Yeah, no, it's a proper. Dragon Ball Z style. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, you have all the flames coming out of you, and then you say something in Japanese, and then you. Sm it gets hard enough to break. Like the ball's heavy enough to break your nose. Yeah, but what I would aim for people's legs. If you get people's yeah. feet. Like, that's the best place because people don't know where to step, so the legs are the best place to go for. Yeah. If you go for, like, a face or the upper body, like, you can swerve that a lot quicker, whereas moving your legs, people tend to be slower on the legs. Then I've but seen they're, people they're... try to jump to dodge the yeah. legs and then they get hit in the legs, so yeah. then they go sideways and then they land straight on the face because yeah. they've had their legs taken out midair. Yeah. Um, but the bigger kids tend to, like, aim in for the head. Mm -hmm. well, and if you throw it up especially high, if... you don't want to throw it high because you can catch it and the, the thrower it. is out. So yeah. I used to aim low. Have you guys oh, ever watched I... the movie Chicken Little? The, like, I have, the years movie? ago. You know that dodgeball scene where he's like, ah, 
I can't believe you got your nose broke. So hang on, Danny, is it like a, or, or Gwenville, I don't know if you guys played with the same type of ball. Is it like a, a soccer ball? Because to like break a, your like nose, it can't be a... Volleyball, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like a rubber volleyball, yeah. But Damn. It, hard rubber. So, but they're quite big then bad. because yeah, it's hard, pretty, to, it's hard to really big. wind up and peg with a, a big ball because it doesn't fit in your hand. So I'm surprised that you can throw it hard enough to break a nose. It's a pretty, yeah, pretty big ball. And I've got small hands as well. So yeah. I really have so to how like, do you? I have to get the shoulder involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, Danielle, is there any talk of a comeback? I mean, to make the Olympics, the Olympics are coming up in Japan. Is there any talk I of a Danielle Latimer comeback to the dodgeball team? I haven't checked on our team, actually, because um, when I was playing, when dodgeball had literally just started as a federation here in in the uk and so i was on my university team and there was a couple of people on my university team like the the captain of my university team was the one that headed up the federation here in the uk and they needed women on the on england's women's dodgeball and they asked me and i was just like oh, i don't know about that i don't know if i can commit because i was already captain of the cheerleading squad i just did it for fun i'm a, sick and twisted person that just did it for fun <laughs> but but you know my claim to fame was they did ask me to be on the england team at one point but i'm not i'm not gonna um uh go back into my dodgeball career i think i've left that one in no. the past no i've dodged that one oh god no <laughs> i want to go one episode without a dad joke oh god how do you just just code that for every situation you have a dad joke that is that is a skill i don't know not today it's just a skill it's my talent if there was a talent round at galaxy stand up dad jokes would be my talent I want to see dodgeball as a talent. Can you imagine at a pageant with all the girls all glammed up and with their crowns and sashes on and then (laughs) dodgeball in the middle of that and you could just see some of the girls' competitive streaks come out? I I would pay to watch that. Pay-per-view. I feel like I should do a dodgeball, like a charity dodgeball tournament for pageant girls here because I feel like a lot of people would be interested and would donate to that. It it would. I mean, so many of you guys are competitive. I think it would bring out the competitive spirit. Although I'd be semi tempted, and I know I couldn't do this, but who would you most like to see get hit in the face by a dodgeball? And just put that up, and just see the responses that come in. I'm sure there's more than a few people who like to see me get hit in the face. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put myself there. But Guinevere, are you okay? You literally look like you're reliving trauma. <laughs> No, I'm just like I'm just thinking about it all. Guinevere <laughs> could be first just... aid. She's on hand for anyone that takes aid. a ball to the face. Guinevere's on hand. <laughs> I can't believe you can get hit enough to break your nose. Because I mean, I, I've you know had kids camps for like ten over ten years. We never. I don't. I mean, we've had broken noses and nosebleeds, but not a broken yeah. nose. Certainly not from getting hit in the face. By a ball. I mean, we've had little kids get hit in the head hard enough that they went sideways because the ball is, you know, half the size of them, which I did not laugh at just for, I mean, I'll just say I didn't laugh at it because it's not appropriate to laugh at a little kid being hit by a ball. Um, but getting, getting broken nose, geez, okay. I didn't realize it was that, uh, that dangerous. Is there any protective gear for 
dodgeball. I mean, that sounds like a stupid no. No. No face mask. No, no. helmet. NFL style, you know, quarterback, the no big pads. pads, no nothing. Okay. Well, kids can that, be mean. That... Strong kids can really take advantage of their strengths in that. Yep. 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 Well, I mean, there was one when I when I did the book, and we had Natalie Draught on, who's from Texas, and her I, in the book, I said, "What's your most embarrassing moment?" Her embarrassing moment was she was playing volleyball, but they put her in a because she's like five foot ten, so she's a good volleyball player. But they put her in a position where they, where she wasn't familiar with how it goes. I think normally she's at the net because she's tall; she mm. can block the ball and, and spike it, smash it. But they put her at the back. The coach just wanted to rotate her around, and the ball came to her, but it was going towards her feet. She didn't know what to do. She panicked. So she just kicked it out of reflex and it was caught on. <laughs> she sent me the video because she said it was so funny. I said, I need to see this. And she had the video. She sent it to me. So someone's recorded it. She kicks the ball. And, you know, in a volleyball, in volleyball, the net's not really hard. Like you can have some give. So you see this ball. She gets big kick, goes right into the net, goes kind of through the net and whacks a girl on the other side right in the face with the ball. And the ball bounces off her, like, off her face. It, so that's the image that's just come to mind. That was hilarious. Um, I should have got Natalie to tell that story when we had her on. But uh, I can see that breaking your nose if someone kicks it at you. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize that throwing it at your face could uh, break your nose. Yeah. Okay. I don't quite know how we got on to that from first aid, but... Um, I've, I've no idea. Sometimes I like to watch these episodes back just to see how we ended up talking about the subject we're talking about. Uh, anyway, uh, Daniel, what have you been up to since last week? Oh, gosh, there's been a lot going on. Um, so, obviously work, the standard nine to five. Um, we have a moving date, so I'm moving in to our little bungalow in Barry Island in Wales. Um, so we'll be moving on Wednesday. So our life is currently oh, wow. in boxes. I see boxes in front of me. Um, so Wednesday we get the keys. Tomorrow we're picking up the van and we'll be loading up the van. Um, this weekend I had my COVID jab, my first one. Like I've been waiting for ages for my first COVID jab. Um, and I, our rollout was pretty quick at first and then it slowed down yeah. for a bit. Um, right. So I've had my first jab. I had the Moderna one, which is, I think it's the American version of that one. I think it's quite new to the UK, but I had that one and I didn't really feel any side effects really other than a sore arm. Oh, wow. Um, okay, that's good. A bit sleepy, but I think that's just me being lazy. Um yeah, I had a little bit, little bit of a headache, but nothing biggie. Uh, and then I picked up my new car, uh, drove my car to Wales, and realised there's a lot wrong with it. The engine light was on the entire time, and oh, no. there's it oh, no. stinks of cigarettes, and there's cigarette burns all over the car. The car's only two years old, so we're having to um, give it back. And get uh, oh, my no. money back because yeah, like I, it's two years old and the engine light's already on it. Um, so yeah. that is going back, and I'm gonna have to look for a new car. Busy with clients as well yeah. and moving, and so it's it's kind of all going on. And it was my mum's birthday at the weekend as well, so I took her. We took her out for dinner in central London. We had a really nice evening, and then um, drove back to Wales, three and a half hour drive. So that's been my life. Yeah, it's been a bit busy. 
That is a that's a busy week. That sucks about the car. Was it? Did you buy it privately from someone, or was it from like a car yard? It's like a dealership, and they're really yeah. reputable. Um, they claim that their asset is them being so transparent, and on the website, it did show that the car had one hole in the driver's seat. But we went around and mm -hmm. counted six holes in the car, as well as two scratches on the outside. Um, there's been modifications made to the ring, the wing mirrors as well, which doesn't look right. Um, and it stinks of cigarettes. I've got through a whole bottle of Febreze. I don't know if you guys have Febreze where you are. I've heard about it. <laughs> yep. I've had to just spray the life out of it because it stinks. You can tell this person was a chain smoker and the burns are on like you know the fabric on the ceiling of the car there's like burns oh, on the from... top where they've gone to like flick their cigarette ash out and yeah. it's not just on the driver's side it's on the passenger side and um there's several burns in the passenger's seats at the back so there's there's holes all over this car um and it's only two years old so yeah a bit of a disappointment and i'm not paying full price for a car that has got yeah, that much damage yeah, yeah. to it and paying yeah, quite a lot of a enough. lot of money for a car so um they they didn't like the fact that uh, i've driven the car to wales and they now have to come pick it up uh and they well, can't, I mean, I it's can't... their fault for selling a dodgy car yeah. don't exactly. sell a dodgy car exactly and they want to charge me 200 pounds for them to come pick it up but it did claim that when you um buy a car from them they'll drop it off to you regardless of where you are in the uk as long as your bank account is registered to that home address well my bank account is still registered in london because we haven't made the move yet um so uh i literally saved them money by driving to london to pick up the car yeah and now they're being like oh because literally the dealership is it worked out to be like one mile away from my house so they could have had to driven it all the way to Cardiff had my bank account been registered here mm. yet. So um, yeah. they're going to have to come and pick it up and I'm not driving it back because the car engine light is on. I'm not driving it uh, another 200 miles with that light on. So they're going to have to come pick it up. I'm that a car is only two years old and it's got the warning light on. I also would have thought, I mean, before they sell it to you, don't they have to give it a thorough clean, like detail it? So... Have, yeah. have they cleaned it and it still smells like cigarettes? And it's still, you know, when you just get in there and you just know that this person was a chain smoker with the amount yeah. of cigarette burns all over it. And the, oh, it's just when it's like really impermeated into the fabric and there's nothing so you, you can do to get rid of it. I've been driving around with the windows it. down, but like it, it's just got to go. It's got to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, car, so number, a... car number the next. I know, it's been a bit of a hassle, so I think we're going to find something local here. That sounds that sounds like a good choice. Um, so you've got everything in boxes at the moment, ready for the yeah. big move. Yeah, the big move. That gives, me, that gives me PTSD. Moving is my least... That, moving is my least favourite activity in the whole world. Just, See, it's, I don't it's feel too terrible. bad for it. And I'm having to tell my other half to stop having so much anxiety around it. Like, oh, it's hassle. It's, just, it's only hassle if you allow it to be hassle. I enjoy the packing. I'm going to enjoy getting it out and, put, and putting it in our new home. Like, I'm having to have this positive mental attitude around it. But he's like, oh, I'm going to pack up everything. But we're, we're moving into our first home together. 
it's beautiful we can't wait to move in so let's just enjoy the process that's what i say are you guys like have you got a lot to pack are you like hoarders style or are you minimalist no. or are you somewhere in the middle no jordan's actually quite minimalist and he's pretty cutthroat with throwing things out and getting rid of things so we haven't got a lot really it's my clothes however that are coming from london that i do um feel is gonna take a few trips do you want to tell guinevere how many clothes you're talking about uh, we converted the attic for my clothes for my evening gowns especially i think i've got over 60 65 gowns around about that roughly so yeah, yeah. we've had to convert one of the bedrooms in to be a walk-in wardrobe because we need the clothes in there <laughs> that, that is a I'm lot to it's by it i'm like yeah whatever well it's a new <laughs> it's a pageant girl thing gowns take up a lot of space right i mean my mom like because like, we have to our kitchen our kitchen was found to have mold in it, so we've been sleeping with a tarp um, over where the kitchen would be, right? Um, and there's just boxes everywhere and everything, and we're kind of having to reorganize everything ourselves. And my mom was like, why don't we get a storage unit for all of your stuff, Gwenny? Like, <laughs> all of your pageant stuff, it'll actually, it would probably make more sense just to rent a storage unit out for like 50 bucks a month. Mm. So then it's temperature controlled, bug control, and the whole nine yards. And I so understand. I so get it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You must have quite a few gowns from over the years, right? Yeah, just over the years. And, like, it's not even the gowns. It's just, like, I have this horrible thing where I'll find really awesome things. And it'll be that one item for a photo shoot or that one thing that you need for an appearance or whatever. And then you just are piling all these things right but they're usable it's not hoarding per se but yeah <laughs> this is what we tell ourselves <laughs> but i will find a use for this <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a puzzle trying to find it yeah that's the more most frustrating part because it's just organized piles yeah <laughs> yeah so organized piles you um organized i into I interviewed the, uh, the the co-founder of the Queenly app, who's over in America. So uh, if you have stuff that you need to sell, Guinevere, then you can sell it on Queenly. Um, Danielle's friend Marissa uses Queenly a lot. I think she's an ambassador for Queenly as well. Um, but it's interesting if it's over, I think two or three hundred dollars. If you sell it to someone, you have to sell it. To, you have to send it to the Queenly headquarters first, where they dry clean it and make sure that oh, it's that's authentic. Really good. Yeah, and they've not had a single customer complaint so far, um, so they're doing amazing. It sounds like kind of wish that they, you could send Danielle's car there. They could have dry cleaned it and then got rid of the the cigarette smell. I'm I'm amazed that they can sell it in that condition. But uh, yeah, anyway, they did they didn't advertise it as that, so hence why we're a bit miffed. But. You know, I'm going to get my money back. So I've had a car for the past. Well, I had. I would have had a car for three or four days for free, really, because I'm going to get my money back on it. So mm, it's I just guess. the hassle of having still... to find another car. But the good thing is, we move on Wednesday. They'll be bring, they'll be taking the car away from me Wednesday, and I will be within walking distance of my job in the new house. Oh, wow. So that okay. works out well. Okay. Cool. 
But so I'll be able to walk yeah, to work anyway. I wouldn't need the car really. But that's for all the pageant appearances, isn't it? Driving up and down. I remember what you guys are like pre-pandemic. Yeah. You guys would be doing a hundred appearances in a year and driving up the coast, down the coast, eight hours in the car. It's going to be like yeah. that, isn't it? Yep. Luckily, next week I don't have any. Next weekend I don't have any plans, so that will just be spent organising the house. Um, but the weekends following, I will definitely need a car because my diary is starting to fill up now that the UK is starting to open up a lot more. So, yeah, I, I, I bought my car, my, my little Citroen C1 that I had that I bought a year, nearly two years ago. I bought that because I was doing a pageant and I needed to make appearances because I was living in London. You don't need a car in London. But because I was make, doing a pageant, doing obviously Galaxy, um, and I wanted to make appearances. But that's the reason why I bought the car in the first place. <laughs> you write it so, off yeah. as a tax expense then. I mean, you are a professional yeah. pageant. I mean, you got your business, the pageant stylist. So that's actually, you make income I mean, from it. So that's a definition of a business. Exactly. It should be a tax write-off. I can submit my uh, my petrol receipts yeah. for a bit of a tax no, write-off. 100%. 100%. Yeah, you can I know this. I work this. for an accountant now, so... I've got the you can, you can claim your gowns. Can you claim your gowns? Can you imagine? Claim your gowns as a tax a receipt? I think I've already spent more money on gowns than I do earn. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not everyone who can claim a, you know, a Giovanni or McDougal couture gown. As, uh, this is a tax write-off. I need it for my work. The That's... thing is, the, the dry cleaning is what mm. is very expensive, especially when you've got fully beaded gowns. A lot, of dry, yeah. a lot of dry cleaners won't touch them. I've been quoted £200 to dry clean one of my gowns, and it was only Jeez. half of it was beaded. Well, it was like crystal crystals in like metal clasps, um, and they a lot of places wouldn't touch it, and the one place that would touch it. So that's like $340 to dry clean a dress. It's ridiculous. Mm. But I probably could claim back on that somehow definitely you can you can definitely claim the dry cleaning expense i know this from my tennis coaching days where i could claim the really expensive tennis sneakers as uh as tax write-offs i mean because i did wear them to be fair every day for my coaching i was coaching five or six days a week and i would go through them like nobody's business because you know i would wear this i would wear them to the point where they actually had holes in them because i would just wear them out so badly but so they your um, your Sunday trainers. Sunday trainers. Yeah, because they're holy. Guinevere <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Uh, she enjoys it. It's just you that I love feels it. pain. I think that I'm not thinking of it. I'm not as clever at the moment, you know. <laughs> Don't encourage her don't by encourage saying that me. it's I don't clever. Need any, I don't yeah. need it's just going to be an endless stream of dad jokes. Oh, and I had to ask that one because I'm like Sunday trainers. Like, what? Am I missing something here? Just something you you kids say now. Sunday trainers. No, is that a British um, thing? <laughs> no, no. And I fell for it. I asked it, and uh, you oh dear, you walked into that one. Um, oh God, dear me. Okay, so uh, just to completely change the subject, uh, Guinevere, how? Um, so you said the the Miss Hawaii USA finals are in January. So, yeah, wow, what sort of um, 
It's a while, yeah. You've got six months. And the the prelims that you were in, they were in person, which was nice to see. So how did the um how did how did the prelims go? Yeah, prelims were great. It was at the Grand Nani Loa in Hilo. And so it was just really cool to be kind of back in a hotel for one. Um, but what was really cool was that um, in the place that they hosted the pageant, it was called the Crown Room. And it's also where yeah. a lot of the after parties happen for Mary Monarch. Um, Mary Monarch is like the Olympics for hula, so to speak, right? And so it's neat in that aspect that it was like not just a makeshift stage and you know kind of a or you know the worst is when they put you in a banquet room and they're like okay go walk <laughs> no stage yeah. no nothing and everyone's just sitting on the ground like oh okay this was an actual stage this was an actual crown room so it was really neat to be able to have that experience but also just being able to enjoy the hotel and the hotel was also really happy to be able to host us and the people around visiting and so forth. Um, so that was good. It was about eight different girls. Um, so nice little tiny thing. And there was two titles. I got to also meet my pageant sister, um, Kanye Lohua. And so we're going to be experiencing this journey together. She's in Hilo side though, and I'm in Kona. So we'll be doing a few appearances here and there. A lot of driving, similar to Danny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty good. And honestly, it's so weird um i was in a really flip-flop zone of am i doing it am i not doing it and with it being the last year and kind of figuring out what else is happening i wanted to just really focus on this chapter of my life and so i'm glad i did it but now it's insane to be like actually preparing for a pageant more than just three six months you know now it's not just because I, I mean I don't know about you Danny but you know you sign up and then you have the adrenaline rush you're excited and suddenly it's you know this and you're hanging out with your mom and doing the dress shopping or the coaching and you really are focused for like I would say two three months you're just it's that focus focus period zone. you're in the zone yeah yeah and so it's weird to you know, I mean, I know we're always off, we're on season, but we're also off season, right? Mm -hmm. But there isn't really an off season right now. No. Yeah. Um, and it's different to instead just be like, oh, yeah, I'm really excited about doing this in a couple months. It's like, oh, no, the training is now. <laughs> and yeah. so it's a different experience, to say the least, to have that entire year focused or yeah, about six, nine months of... It can be exhausting as well. Up. Like, yeah. what I found is, obviously, with, with Galaxy, so the pageant that I'm competing in has been postponed for two years, essentially. Oh, wow. um, so I've, I got this title in March of 2020. So I feel like I've constantly been in the zone for over a year now. And... You get to a point of exhaustion because you try and explore so many avenues of how you can make an impact. Um, like, because of during the pandemic, we've had to do a lot of online appearances and just, you know, constantly churning out and doing things, trying to be an active queen, trying to get yourself out there. It can be exhausting. And especially during this period right now when it's kind of like, you know, when you've got a, still yeah. got a little while while to go, like because my pageant's not going to be until July August of twenty twenty two now, 
So I'm in a position where I'm like, Jesus, I think I need to take a bit of a rest now. But you don't want to take the foot off the gas because you want to be consistent. And so I'm in kind of that mode where I'm like, I feel like sometimes I need to just give myself a bit of a break because I have been like full speed ahead ever since the crown landed on my head. Um, But when you've got like nine months, six to nine months, it's a bit like a, okay, I've still got a while, but I still need to remain focused, you know? Um, But at least you know that you've got your date, you've got, was it six months you said, Adrian, six months? Yeah. I'm being too lazy. I was being lazy to work it out in my head. Yeah. Um, But six months is... I feel like around about now you'd be kind of maybe working platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of like interview, just getting the, your kind of foundations ready. And then the other stuff, like the, the training probably kicks up like a, like three months beforehand or three or four months before. It depends how, if you like to train or not, because physically let's yeah. not, let's not like, um, like, Miss USA, like the body is like a big deal. Miss Universe in general, they like that kind of lean, strong physique. Mm. So um, training for that is intense. And I know in the USA system, the girls are athletes. Yeah. And I feel like some people even start training a year before physically. It's, it's pretty intense out there in the States. But I... When, when there's like six months, I'll be like, oh, I'm just chilling for a bit. But when it comes like four months, okay, four, three months, that's when I'm like on on the gym. Kicking it high gear. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for that sure. Sounds about, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. I think different countries are different as well. Obviously, pageantry in the States is a lot bigger than either in the UK or Australia. I have quite a, a few girls booking for coaching sessions with me. They've never had coaching before. And you're talking about a lot of them are in the Miss World system. So it's a big system. Um, but they don't actually get coaching until probably a month or two out, out from Ooh. the actual event. Uh, and it's interesting. Sometimes I know more about the pageant than they do. So like a lot of them, uh, or not a lot of them, but some of them, uh, they're through to the national finals for Miss World Australia. And they haven't really given any thought to their beauty with a purpose project, for example. Uh, they, they, they all, everyone has the wardrobe kind of sorted. Everyone knows, oh, I need something to wear. But it's funny, sometimes the other aspects of it, they don't seem to really know about. Um, so pageant coaching here in Australia is kind of way, 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 like, well, pageantry in general is kind of way behind where America's at. Um, but Danny, Danny won her title, her Galaxy UK title in March 2020. That's exactly right before the pandemic yeah. broke out. Right before the world and then down. you had yeah. the you had the London title for what, like a year before that, the Miss Galaxy London, or yeah, nine months before my, that. So the year prior, I came second runner up. So the moment I walked off stage, I basically applied again. So I had my London title a year previous. But then a year previous to that, I also had my London title as well because I wanted to come back. So I feel like I've been in the Galaxy system. I've been in the Galaxy system for like six years now. (laughs) That's that's crazy, though. I I don't think you can be on the whole time, right? I think you need to... You need yeah. to take a break. I don't think you can be constantly in pageant mode for, for 60 years. That That's yeah. probably a little yeah. bit too much. 
Um, I, because the thing is, with the internationals being postponed twice now, or actually, has it twice or is it three times? Twice, right? Yeah, tw- twice. It was originally from July in 2020 or something to end of no 20, to to 2021, to and now it's been postponed again from 20. Yeah, so, so that that's over a year now again. Yeah, I originally entered Galaxies at 2018, early 2018, I think it was, or maybe 2017 even. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. I feel like I haven't had a rest like, because I literally went from competing. Mm. The moment I entered, I you know you get in that zone, and yep. I was I entered literally when the um, applications opened, so I had a whole year to prepare for the first year. Was runner up, and then I've had a whole year again, then one, and then I've got two years. So it's like I have like been constantly in that zone, and it is exhausting after a while. So that's where I'm at with me. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't, I, I, I got the crown. Like, I've, I've won, so it's like I don't want to take the foot off the gas. If I was still a contestant, maybe I could take my foot off the gas for a bit. Because, You're the queen. But, but the there's eyes holder. looking at me now. I'm a title holder now, so I really do have to stay active. But, you know, it is... I feel feel sorry for the the international queens because they've had their they got crowned in 2019 and they won't be handing over until 2022 and so you know they had their time earning their crowns on top so I can't imagine how tired they are they're pretty ready to like throw the crown on the girls. I was going to say they they <laughs> might be excited to actually do handover because. <laughs> I mean, because it's been funny with certain people, for example, if you won as a Miss title holder, um, as I know a few people and they're engaged to get married and they want to get married, but you can't get married when you're the Miss title holder. And then there's people who's, who've aged out. You know, they were 27, but now when they compete, they're going to be 28 or 29. And can they be sort of grandmothered in or not? So it's been, a, it's been an interesting time um, in pageant world. And then obviously 2020, <laughs> everything was online. And everything's yeah. online appearances and social media, and it just got to the point where it's like, oh god, another appearance, another pageant online. So, oh god. So, I, I, I for one, am glad to see it sort of come back to in person uh, again. Um, I, I think some of the bits they'll they'll probably like to keep on that they learnt some of the systems in twenty twenty with the online things. Uh, but um, Guinevere, what 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 are your plans for the next six months in preparation for the pageant? You said you're going to be doing some appearances and obviously you've got got your advocacies and your platforms yeah well right now i'm focusing on hosting a blood drive for big island Uh um pretty excited because as an outer island we do not have a blood bank um you know i'm not familiar with how the uk is but i'm assuming wales is it sounds really rural right compared to london being like the hot spot or the metro area so you know similar to hawaii oahu is like london right it's the mecca it's the city area whereas all the other uh, all the other outer islands um are a lot more rural and so it's similar to like a saint i'm guessing like honolulu is um london then big island is wales right yeah um, and so to have the blood bank not come to not just one but five other islands and, you know, they used to be coming, I want to say, every eight, it was every eight weeks they were coming prior to the pandemic. 
not completely stopped because of travel oh. and you know would yeah. it be okay to donate blood since we just don't know and now that we know things mm. you know now it's kind of kicking it back into high gear and there is such a huge need you know beyond just hawaii but globally and so you know a little thing too when i was 16 my mom had a hundred pound tumor removed um and she had oh, wow yeah thankfully she's okay now but she's okay because she had, you know, amazing medical staff, but she also had 28 pints of blood donated to her, transfused to her. Um, and so you have to think about that 28 pints, you know, one donation is one pint. And so yeah. that's basically a classroom of people that yeah. were able to save my mom. And so I've always wanted to do this. It's something that I, you know, it just wasn't the right time because you're in college and then, you know, you, it takes a lot to Life. organize a blood drive. Yeah. It takes time <laughs> and um, energy yeah. and focus and yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, um, just a lot of community effort, you know, it's definitely not just, it's not as simple as, okay, I'm going to sign up and here it is, but it's really promising and having the challenge of the blood bank is only coming over here for one day and we have to have at least 200 donations for that one day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. And so that's my focus right now. I'm really, it's, it's getting exciting. It's one of those things where it, you, you feel nauseous thinking about it because you're so excited about it. And it's yeah. so, it, it's such an uphill speed bump. It's not a battle. It's such a speed bump that, you know, you're going to be able to pass, but um, it's You've not to take those little, exciting. those little baby steps, but there's loads of little yeah. baby steps to take to get there. Exactly. And so that's the main focus right now with the title. I was hoping to be able to utilize that to be able to establish with a couple local businesses, have their commitment, you know, and their employees and so forth, be able to help out and just help our overall blood drive. I mean, they just, gosh, yesterday, um, the blood bank posted how they are two days or negative two days in supply for O type bloods. And oh so it's goodness. definitely needed. Um, I mean, I'm like, take mine. I'm O negative. Yeah. Take mine. Yeah, and it's only Send mine to Hawaii. Do it. I mean, <laughs> come on over. <laughs> but I mean, it's only it's only an hour of your time, and it's just it's adding. It's just figuring out how to balance that rural style while also helping it too, right? And so that's the main focus right now, and hopefully. Fingers crossed if the next uh, level is achieved with perhaps being Miss Hawaii USA, it would be wonderful to be able to organize other blood drives on other islands as well. And just being able to host and have the importance of blood donation. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that it's not, you, you don't have to be this 1% of the healthiest of healthiest, you know, really, even if you've had a tattoo, you know, in the past they said, oh, if you've had a tattoo, can't donate. That's not true. You know, you can you can have a tattoo as long as it's been a year. Um, if you're somewhat healthy, you know, if you there's just there's a lot of different things that people don't know. And so that's what I'm focusing right mm. now and just bringing the awareness of you can donate and how to donate too. Yeah. I found that that was one of the only things that I could do during the lockdown here in the UK because we weren't allowed to travel. We weren't allowed to leave our houses. The only re the only few reasons where we could leave our houses was to get groceries, um, mm -hmm. go to medical appointments, uh, and 
donating blood was one of the only reasons you can leave your house. So I donated blood. Now I'm the biggest wuss. Um, I, I had the biggest fear of need needles. I had the biggest fear of my own blood, but I still did it. So anyone that is watching, anyone that's on away, get out there and donate. Do you have a date yet yeah. at all? So I don't have a date quite yet. They just said January. January. Yeah. Okay. Um, but on that same note with talking about, you know, a lot of people ask how painful it is. Um, I was able to donate blood last week. It's not painful, but what is painful. a little uncomfortable is the finger prick when they prick your finger to check your iron level. But that's, that's so quick, though. Like, the woman did it, and I didn't even realize it. She was like, oh, just give me a finger. She just wiped it and went, done. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. That was done. Lucky. <laughs> it's the like, anticipation that I find is the yeah. worst. It's like, if they're doing it slowly, if they're, like, cleaning the vein really slowly, I'd just be like, just, just do it really quickly, and I'll look away, and it's done. It's like a little scratch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it and it doesn't that's the same reason it's the same yeah. reason when you go skydiving they say that, that you're going to go on three and they always kick you out on two two because <laughs> yeah because what happens literally on three you grip the sides of the door even if you're not aware of it and they can't move you um so you tense up so it sounds like a similar sort of uh, attitude in blood donations would be a good thing um uh, danny you gave blood you fainted right yeah so i am the biggest wuss and I, I, I got out of the chair and I was absolutely fine. And I sat down and a few moments, you know, you know, like how you mentioned earlier, you have like a reset button for anyone that's had like a seizure. I think I sat down and I wasn't quite myself and I just needed a drink. And then I, I was like, I need a drink. And you know, when someone's like so slow in getting you a drink that I was yeah. just, I, I just, I just need this drink. I just re need this drink so badly. And because it took so long to come to me, I was like, now I feel sick. And then, mm -hmm. then you start like getting the anxiety and because I am mm -hmm. literally the world's biggest wuss when it comes to blood. And I just took a picture with my, like holding my own blood and like inside of like uh. screaming, but I'm like, yay, <laughs> everyone do it, it's great. Handing my blood it's back still and warm. Down. And I was just like, uh. I, need, I need a drink, I need a drink, I need a drink. It's not coming, I, I don't feel good, I don't feel good. And then I was just like, I feel like I might, throw up and because of covid it was like you know the scene right. in monsters inc when they brought that the little yeah. sock out and it was like a yeah. what was it a 322 322 and literally everyone yeah. ran in put the screens around me because if i threw up then obviously and i had covid even though i, I didn't have covid they couldn't run the risk of that so right. they bought the, they bought like pads out they put the pad on the floor i was like i just need to lie down a second i laid down i didn't i didn't throw up or anything they gave me a little thing but i was fine i literally just needed to lay down i was a bit lightheaded basically i needed a little lie down i came to and i was absolutely fine i was very embarrassed because of the swarm of people around me in yeah. that moment it was quite embarrassing but i had my biscuit and my cup of tea and then a left <laughs> Um, I had my chocolate bar. They were giving me loads. They were pandering to me. I had like I was waiting for one cup of water for like sugary, yeah. like squash yeah. or whatever it is. I was waiting for that for such a long time. I had like five cups of squash in front of me. After that, I was like, if you want a couple, if you want a drink, then just faint, guys. Uh, that would be use, useful information for when I go and give blood. Is just if I want anything, just faint. 
But we're going through all of that. I would donate again. I still would donate again. I would still go back, even though I did get a bit of a telling off because I am a bit of a wuss. So the, there was a nurse that came over and checked on me, and she was quite firm with me, being like, "If you're going to do this again, just don't do that." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'll try not to, but I will donate do again." I mean, you didn't do it on purpose, so it's like you can't, like, don't faint. Okay, okay, because well, last time yeah. I meant to faint, next time I won't faint. I think she, she went through all the checks with me, like, making sure I had, like, some food and made sure, you know, I'd done all that. I'd, like, pumped my arm. I have really, like, low blood pressure as well, so it's really slow yeah. coming out. So I had to, like, pump a lot, which makes your arm go really numb. Um, mm. So, Yeah. I got a bit of a got a bit of a telling off, but at least I made my donation. The, the time previous to that, I didn't donate enough, so my blood oh. was wasted. So I didn't want that this time. So I did everything I could yeah. to make a donation, and I did make that donation. But I will go back and give another donation when I can. Oh, that's amazing, um, Guinevere. When when are you thinking about running the blood drive? So every eight weeks. Um, I think Guinevere is dropping out a bit. Yeah. So hard to hear you guys right now. I'm going to be right back, okay? Yeah. Is it? I was going to say, there's a little crackle in there. Yeah. See, it's funny when I started doing this, I thought only Australia's had, had dodgy internet. Now I'm finding like a lot of places around the world have very dodgy internet, not just Especially me. Ireland. Well, that that's just because, as Chloe said last week, she lives on an island in Ireland, and I literally think there's. She, she said they were trying to run cable for the internet, but in true Irish style, they just stopped before they got to her house. Like it, it wasn't even oh we can't be bothered doing the island. They started it, and then they got to like a certain point and just went oh we can't be bothered. Yeah. I don't know. They all went and got drunk, and so like Chloe's <laughs> house or the end of the street literally just doesn't have the cable um and then the because she's on an island there's no reception so it, it's horrible i'm amazed actually she ever gets to be able to jump on um yeah well i hope guinevere can come back we'll see because i wanted to know yeah. what um when she's doing the blood drive she said uh, january time well january was the pageant so yeah, I think I she think... might have been talking about the pageant. So oh. I'm assuming that the blood drive will be sooner than that. But we'll see. Um, it makes me feel like I should go and give blood. But I, I see I'm okay with needles. But the problem I have with giving blood is the needle has to stay in you. Mm. And I don't like that. Oh, here she is. Um, yeah. Oh, she's so back. The, we'll see if she, she jumps back on. Because the one time I had a um, – I didn't go to give blood. I had to have something put into – I had to have a blood sample taken with a vacuum tube. And so they have to stick the needle in your arm and then they have to insert the vacuum tube, which means it jiggles around in your arm a little bit. Ooh. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like that. Um, Guinevere, can you still hear us? You're still a little bit crackly. It's very crackly. I don't know quite why. Um, I'm not sure. But as far as the date goes, is that what you're asking about? Yeah. Or when yeah. the blood yeah. is happening? Um, I am still establishing a location right now. And so thankfully things are reopening up, which means that hotels are opening up for like weddings and therefore the banquet rooms are, to get donated is, you know, 
I just gotta gotta put on the Miss Orchidile charm a little bit more. Um, and so it's still being established right now, but I'm hoping I'm looking at right now probably September, October. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, you need quite a big room because you need quite a lot of donations, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and for the blood banks to basically justify the cost of sending their phlebotomist out here, the cost of blood, because it has to be near the airport too, that's another challenge. It has mm -hmm. to be near an airport so that it can be transported within, I think they told me, two hours of uh, when it's achieved or you get it from the donation. Thankfully, where I live, um, there are quite a few hotels that are close to the airport, so that's not too bad of a requirement, but just another actor. And then on top of that, they need to have at least um, 200 people committed to coming um, to doing it. And um, yeah, so it's it's just... There's a little cockroach that wanted to... Oh, hi. Yeah. Hi, that cockroach. <laughs> Sorry. <that> was <laughs> Anyways. Um, There's got to be some negatives to living down, in Hawaii. But yeah, and so... Yeah, we have these things called B-52s where they're just that are, like, this big or so. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. About... They're huge and they fly, and they fly. <laughs> but you get palm yeah. palm trees and beautiful but, beaches um, and yeah, beautiful so weather. So that's a small part, small price to pay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's nothing like Australia, where you know you have these giant spiders and toilets <laughs> and. <laughs> no, Everything spiders, wants to kill you. <laughs> the spider, the spiders aren't in toilets. Those are the snakes. We call them toilet snakes because they can they can swim through the drain pipes and come up through the toilet and they could latch onto you, um, onto your bottom or other areas, and it can be quite would, painful. You can get a nasty sit, surprise. I would never sit down. I probably, if I ever came to Australia, I would have to hover. The snake can reach up, so even if you're hovering, unless you're hovering, you know like, them? very, very, very far above. Um, Get I, I thought it was a practical joke, you know, when they say, you know, we've got kangaroos going on the harbour bridge. I thought it was one of those things, toilet snakes. And there was a guy, I think it was in Southeast Asia, Vietnam or Indonesia somewhere, where it happened. And, of course, it bit him in the one place where a guy does not want to be bit and he couldn't get it off and the snake didn't want to get off so he had to go to the hospital with it still attached to you know where blood coming up everywhere because speaking of blood donations there's a lot of blood in that area and it's just oh yeah okay i'm never going to use a toilet again i just i never ever i, <laughs> I can digging holes Trauma, yeah, trauma, back in my high school camp, digging holes out in the bush like a trench. Like, yeah, that's preferable to having this thing attached to, you know, where the sun don't shine. It was horrible. And there were photos as well. It was one of those articles where it says, warning, this post contains graphic images. And I'm like, mm, okay, let's have a look. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. I don't need trigger warnings for most things, but trigger warnings for that is, is very, very necessary. 
Oh dear. Okay, Who now Guinevere, where would he take oh selfie? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't him. He was in too much pain. I think it might have been the medical staff. Okay. The the thing is it either medical staff or someone who went in with him? Because I think it was just such an unusual occurrence that someone decided to take a photo and you can't see too much. All you can see is blood everywhere. Um but yeah, it, it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh we're losing Guinevere. There's a lot of cracking. So what I'll say is, uh, Guinevere, when you do have the date for the blood drive, let us know, nice. and then and then I can share that around, help spread the word. Um, so that that sounds like that'll be a good thing, an amazing thing, a very needed thing. Uh, and um, I'll just ask. I'll get. I'll go. I'll ask Danny what she's got coming up in the next week or so, and then I'll circle around to Guinevere, and then we can um, leave it there for this week. So, Danielle, what have you got coming up over the next my week or so? Very short moving, sweet obviously. Moving. Yeah. That is all I'm going to be doing. Moving my life and getting a new car. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That that's fair enough. Is um is is Thomas coming with you? He's not coming with you, is he? No. Oh, I'm really oh. sad about that. But but my dad needs a little friend, so he secretly loves the cat, so he's staying. <laughs> nothing quite like when a guy loves a cat but doesn't want to show it it's like uh yeah we can tell that you love the cat okay well good luck with the moving it's my least favorite hobby of all time but good luck with it enjoy the new place Guinevere what have you got coming up over the next couple of weeks couple of months or so um well right now my main focus is just working a lot I'm just making a lot lot of money hopefully manifesting a lot of money <laughs> um, manifest everything so that like um yeah come like august september i can really just focus and kind of go back into pageant mode blood drive mode and not necessarily have to be worried about the other things right and so yeah yeah just a lot of fun things a lot of different things um there's a couple different fashion shows that are coming up now because of, we're coming out of COVID, and so there's a lot of different events happening. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting, too. And it feels like photographers are wanting to kind of get back with working with models and, you know, establishing that sort of creativity and hobbyists. And so a couple different things like that coming up as well. And so, yeah, it'll be great. Hopefully another podcast, too, with you guys. That'll be good. Maybe, like, two weeks, three weeks now. <laughs> Hell yeah. We need to see the when, new when, pictures when you as well when you shoot. When you finish putting your house together uh, <laughs> and you, you're no longer living under a tarp, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, yeah, do let us know when you have the blood drive going on because I'll be more than happy to share that. It's made me feel like I should, A, go and get my first aid course redone and B, go and uh, donate blood, even though it's definitely not my favourite thing to do is go and have a needle stuck in me. Uh, okay, so we'll leave it there for this week. Um, thank you to Guinevere and... I didn't... I didn't hear that. What? The, the, the connection's like one of those really... It's like back being back, back in the old world wars and you're like, you need to... Say, we need to start doing Morse code. Um, but we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, thank you to Danielle and Guinevere for both of their times. I have a couple of interviews coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow is a Miss 
I think it's Vermont. It's Claudia Engelhardt. She's she's a state finalist for Miss USA as well, uh, like um, Guinevere. And then I've got Miss World Australia. I've got a national finalist interview coming up on Friday. So I've got a couple of interviews coming up. But uh, thanks, everyone, for watching, whether it's live or on the replay. And uh, we will speak to you guys next week. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for watching. Just a reminder to you entrepreneurial types to come and join us at our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. I'll see you inside and see you in the next episode.